This is Coda Radio, episode 410 for April 20th, 2021. One hello all, welcome into Coder Radio, Jupiter Broadcasting's weekly talk show, taking a pragmatic look at the art and business of software development and the world of technology. This episode is brought to you by a Cloud Guru. You know, Cloud Guru has Cloud Playground, Azure, AWS, and Google's infrastructure in their sandboxes on their credit card, not yours. Sweet. Get certified, get hired, get learning at cloudguru.com. My name is Chris, and picking out his orange iMac, it is our host, Mr. Dominic. Hello, Mike. So say we all. (laughs) You're really on this BSG thing. Can I tell you, those of you who closely follow me, and perhaps former members of my family on Twitter, know that the old Mike has been having a bad time. And yeah, Chris just laughed. You found a happy place in BSG? You know, is that what you're telling me? No, I'm in love Mm. with the president. And I don't mean Sleepy Joe. I mean President... Laura Airlock Roslin. Right. President Roslin. You know what? I got bad news about Roslin, though, bro. She's got, she's got, uh, well, I don't want to spoil it for you, but you better brace yourself for some bad news. Oh, no. Is she a Cylon, too? Have you not seen the end of BSG? Yeah, I've seen the end where it's like uh, a huge disappointment. I'm not sure I would say that. You could describe it as a collapse of a television show in front of our eyes. Somebody let the writers get a little too up their ass about it. No, absolutely. I completely agree. I, I think I think I think the ending of BSG is a travesty, especially when you remember that it started with that miniseries that was so freaking epic. So okay. You know what? Fuck Apple. Let's just go into BSG today. <laughs> the core concept of BSG was there are some humans left from twelve colonies, right? We're we're together so far. And there's a magical 13th colony that we're worried about, right? Like, we don't know about the 13th colony. Earth is amazing. We don't know about Earth. Right. But my love, and I really hope to be my second wife, uh, Madame President Roslin, always has a whiteboard behind her of the remaining survivors. And that number tends to go in the, um, hmm, how can we put this? If you were on the Robin Hood app, that number would be red all the time. It's in a bad direction, for sure. You know what? They're a little militant and uh, I won't say fascist, but maybe a fasc. No, they're straight up fascist, right? I mean, they're, they're, they are fascist. Well, you're in for a ride, my friend. You are in for a ride with her. So I got to tell you, I, I, I want to have a brief conversation about Gaius Baltar. Okay. And why he should be hung by his balls. This is, this is relevant, you know, because people, you know, this is, the, this is what's the, what people are talking about today. This is what people are talking about in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> Mike has discovered the 90s. Hey, man, I'm the guy over here watching Seinfeld, so have at it, because at least yours is newer than mine. <laughs> no, I just find something about a beautiful redhead who's totally willing to kill, like, everybody. I mean, if you haven't seen Battlestar, like... You should watch Voyager, then. You might like Janeway. I do like Janeway, but Janeway is a little too, like, girl power with it. Roslyn's like, oh, it's not that I'm a girl. I just want to kill everybody. Like She's just like, die. Janeway's just really motivated by coffee. That's really what, that's, that's, that's the thing about Janeway. She does seem to have some addiction issues, which, again, I totally sympathize with. Well, uh, good news for you. You didn't have to spend uh, money on a Thaleo because nobody wrote in claiming that they're making uh, an independent living with desktop Linux yet. Yes, I like making bets that I know I'm going to win. Yeah. Yeah, you got that one right. Uh, although I think we both thought the Discord would end up selling to Microsoft and just breaking as we start recording today. 
Microsoft and Discord have broken off their talks and Discord has announced they're going to go the IPO route. So that's ended. I thought that would happen. Someone explain Discord to me. Uh, it's Slack for for casual people. It's like it's like gamified up a little bit Slack, a little, little more casual, a little more community and gaming oriented. So no spreadsheets. Yeah, more consumer focused features like Twitch integration and and um, other things like uh, Reddit integration right out of the box, that kind of stuff. You know, I like it. It's just, I don't know. It's just, I'm not a huge fan of yet one more communications platform controlled by one central group of people. So I haven't really gone crazy with it. There is a Jupiter Broadcasting Discord, but it's kind of on pause while I figure out what I'm doing with Matrix. And why is this better than IRC? The same reason Slack is. You know, you get, besides just your previews and more rich text chat and emojis and, you know, got to have your animated uh, GIFs. But you got voice chat and video calls, and there's other features, and there's a good permissions model. And, of course, getting it spun up and started is super crazy easy to get your own server going. It's like just a couple of clicks. If Like, for example, actually, I know several projects that are just using Discord now to to coordinate their, their project work, like the Ubuntu Mate distribution uses Discord because it's cheap. You know, it's free for them, I think, in most cases. And I'm sorry. Mate? Ubuntu? I don't know. Yeah, 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 I know. Uh, and uh, it works, you know, and the young people love it. That's the other thing. A lot of, a lot of network effect. The kids these days, Mike, they love it. I bet they also like, you know, freedom of expression and shiny iPads with liquid, what is it, liquid? Uh... Liquid Retina HDR XDR double micro mini LED. Craig Federico, you're just making shit up now, aren't you? <laughs> they totally are. Uh, so, yeah, we are recording on Tuesday this week because we wanted to give you our sort of instant reaction to the Apple News and event and find out if either one of us bought anything. Uh, but before we do, we do have like just a couple of emails. Maybe we'll just do that since, you know, feedback's a huge part of the show. Daniel writes in and he's just kind of throwing down. He says, hit me up, Mike. I've had enough. I'm going to fix your GNOME shell wallpaper problem. We had a couple of people write in. They don't know what we're referring to. I guess they, you know, they need to listen to the whole back catalog, obviously. Oh, gather around, children. <laughs> so. Wait, hold on. You know what you just did, right? You just gave me, you just gave me an opportunity there. Stay a while and listen. Ah, my, my uncle. <laughs> so, uh, Gnome is functional, is uh, for all, you know, intents and purposes, functionally broken because the extensions can crash the entire shell. That's the problem. You had that happen with an extension that literally was just rotating your background wallpaper. But it's not just me, right? It's, I mean, thousands of people have had this happen. Maybe tens of thousands. I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure tens of thousands. I think it's gotten better. So some people are not uh, as familiar with the problem as they used to be when you first ran into it, I think. I would say something being about bad architecture choices, but I won't. Right. It's architecturally nothing's changed, so it can totally still happen. So this problem still exists. If you have an unstable extension, it will crash your entire shell. That's why the guys over at System76, the folks over at System76, are using TypeScript and Rust to build everything they're doing. Yeah, they, they're they coming out with their own shell, right? Isn't it? Um, Cosmic. Cosmic. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So that that's interesting. I mean, I think, I mean, it, it's easy to say it on a on a lame podcast where we only love Apple and we hate all other operating systems. There you go, YouTube. There you go. I gave it to you. But in theory, if you could silo off the extension processes from the actual shell, that would basically solve the problem. 
Yeah, like even just if it just killed all extensions, but the rest of the shell kept going. Well, you can't kill all extensions, though, right? Because most of GNOME shell is actually extensions. <laughs> Good point. Think about Pop! OS. All of Pop! OS is basically like a bunch. Your solution would be each extension has its own process? Well, I would actually pose a question. What is the failure case that putting high-res images switching on a monitor like a 5k monitor crashes the extension which therefore crashes gnome shell when pop os all of their stuff or not all but a lot of their stuff right now i know they're doing cosmic but right now are basically gnome extensions cosmic will be as well cosmic is a series of extensions it's effectively extensions yeah but that does not bring down your system if like moving a window using their magical keyboard stuff uh you know they're you know, their tiling system. This is the dichotomy of the free and open source desktop is it all comes down to experience of the developer, code quality. You know, they're building things with standards and a certain practice and a style of testing that they're doing in-house. And not every extension developer is doing anything near that. Okay. And because of the architecture of the shell, it can become a problem, right? I guess I would be more merciful to the extension developers that the architecture of the shell makes it very easy to make very stupid mistakes, but... Yeah, I, I I wish I had a a good explanation because it, it still bothers me as well. So they, I think they're aware of the problem because I had a conversation with Neil McGovern, who is the executive director of the Gnome Foundation, and they're kind of tackling it in in like pieces that they can. So with Gnome 40, they broke off input into its own process now. And that's a big deal because Linux can be a little weird when you got a lot of disk I.O. going on and then all of a sudden you got some network I.O. or something. You can get a stuttery mouse or keyboard, and they've solved that by breaking that off onto its own process. I asked him about extensions, but I just really couldn't get a firm commitment from him on it. It just kind of was like, yeah, it's something we need to look into, but we think there's a lot of ways to address that. Yeah, no, I think it's a hard problem. I mean, honestly, it's technical debt in a lot of ways. Yeah, I was, you know, but Wes made a good point, you know, as as he always does, damn it. A little f***ing hippie. I'm so, oh, jeez. No, he's always made, it's just, uh Wes was right. If he rewrite it in Clojure, it would be better. No, he was pointing out that this type of market, like the like the users of the Linux desktop, there's an advantage to making it something approachable. You know, when it's when you're when it's JavaScript you're working with and these extensions can change a lot of things. Like that is kind of what the demographic of the Linux desktop wants. To them, that flexibility sometimes is a premium feature. Right. So people who like their software not to work. No, I get that. <laughs> well, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> so Shem wrote in along the topic of JavaScript, but on the server, and he wants to make the point to you that essentially boils down to that JavaScript is great on the server if it's for something you don't care about. He says, I was listening to 407. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Okay. Well, meth is great for people I don't care about either, but keep going. <laughs> and so you guys were talking about JavaScript on the server and Mike had his rant about rant? Ch- child. I would say reasoned argument like Jordan Peterson. Let's keep going. Okay. And Mike had his, had his reasoned argument about JavaScript and TypeScript. While I agree with most of Mike's point about JavaScript, and it is pretty terrible on the server, I think you missed one aspect. A lot of people will reach for JavaScript or Python or Ruby because they're dynamic and you can prototype quickly, which means you can get a working back end up and running without much fuss. However, 
We see companies like GitHub, they use these languages, and as they scale, they start to buckle as you get to larger code bases and you get tricky and trickier requirements and edge cases. But if you're just building a small site that doesn't need any fancy backend, maybe it won't ever get much traffic, then JavaScript or TypeScript or Node or Dino will be fine. But I think too many people pick it without realizing the limitations that you're placing on yourself with that choice. Thanks for the entertaining chatter. Keep it up. What do you think of that? Like, it's not so bad for prototyping, especially if you're never really going to put it in much of any kind of production. Now, now will you allow it? I mean, I guess if I were in the Air Force and I had to really not crash my plane, I might take amphetamines. <laughs> oh. But I definitely wouldn't make that as a life choice. Yeah, you don't want to fall asleep and crash the airplane. We got a lot of different feedback around tooling again. We got some on the subreddit, too. Some people feel like we like I went too hard on Linux last week. I thought we had a parlor page. Yeah, we need to do that. I don't know how you do that, but they're back, baby. So I guess we better get it started. Maybe, you know, maybe it'll go big. And I want to talk about how the topic of Mac and Linux and Windows has come up again in the show a lot. And it seems to kind of be a reoccurring theme. It's something to keep in mind on this show, specifically, specifically this one, really. This is going to be a big one. Uh, it's not Linux radio. It is Coder radio. And the tooling that we use to do the work has always been a big part of the conversation on the show. And, it, you know, it's going through a lot of changes right now. You've got a lot happening with Gnome Shell, like we just touched on. Obviously, the M1 platform and Apple's tooling around that is shaking things up a lot there. And then you have Windows making big investments in WSL. And then there's the whole hardware side of things, right, uh, as far as like laptops and desktops and monitors and keyboards. Like it's just kind of been a thing again. And a lot of that conversation is being driven by the feedback that we get into the show at coder.show slash contact. We really do appreciate everybody giving us their feedback on their take on all of this. But to be clear, and I think I'm pretty confident in speaking for you on this one, Mike, but correct me if I'm wrong. We don't care what OS you use or what computer you use. I care. You should all use Snow Leopard. Okay, well, there's that. We just want you to get your work done, you know? True. Wear a robe and get your work done. That's all we care about. Uh, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> you can't even can't Whoa. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. What was that last bit there? It's just something about a robe. Uh, you know, just, just I'm just saying. Where is my rope? It's it'll be it'll. It's probably not going to be until like the 11th or 12th that you're going to probably start seeing it. It's just the- uh huh. See, you opened the robe door, but now the door is open. So when is the Coder Radio Limited Edition totally Objective C developer rope coming out? Oh, perhaps a, a special edition. We should we should uh, collab on this. Yeah, you know what happened was is as we were sorting out international stuffs. We totally missed the the window of manufacturing, mm-hmm. and um, I had to go with, of course, the like a super fancy black one and all that. So, and you understand what you did wrong, right? You didn't listen to to Madame Victoria Newman. Yep, her wisdom. Come on, give it to me. Give me the unfiltered soundbite. I I don't I don't know. Can I play that on the show? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, do it, do it, do it. I don't I don't even know if I have it anymore. <laughs> Hold on, I got to check. I might have gotten rid of it because, you know, it has a swear word in it. Oh, my God. Nasty words on Coder Radio. That's never happened before. We never got. It has a swear word in it. Let's see. What kind of do I have it here? I bet you I could find it pretty quick. Actually, you know what I should do? I should put this on our soundboard because it's come up twice now. Because my deep-seated hatred for the EU just. All right, here you go. This, this, I, this wasn't, this was, I wasn't going to do it, but this is for you. The EU. And you know what? I'm good. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Now, my thoughts are that, you know, whatever works for you, whatever machine that you can get the job done with, that's fine. Whatever gets you in your groove, 
Good on you. Alex wrote in. He said, gentlemen, I've been listening to the show for years, and I've also been using Linux and various distributions as my primary desktop for 11 years. I don't really ever have the intention of getting a Mac. doesn't really matter how fast they get. The one time I had used it for work and I had to build an iOS app, I found the ability, the inability to control the operating system frustrating. It's not about features. It's about how Apple treats and disrespects its users. That's the entire point of Linux and open source software. Frankly, I just wrote all that because I'm tired of hearing about the topic while I'm over here just getting my work done on my Linux device. <laughs> it's weird because by writing into the show about the topic, you have therefore precipitated us talk. The topic, yeah. I do find myself, I go through cycles where I obsess a little bit about my tooling, and then I go for a year or two, and I don't think about it very much, and then I obsess again very much about my tooling. Uh, and I, my heart started pounding during the Apple event when they got to the Mac section, because I was really... I well, All right, you know what? I'll tell you what. We'll save that first. Linode.com slash coder. Go there to get a $100 60-day credit towards a new account. And, of course, you support the show. That's Linode.com slash coder. I host it all on Linode. I just spun up a new mail server, Wes and I. I mean, let's be honest. It was Wes and I. First, I built a server. I hated it. And then I reflashed the existing Linode from Ubuntu 18.04 to CentOS Stream 8. And what was fantastic about it is I was able to keep the same IP address and all of that stuff. So all of the MX records and DNS that we had set up didn't have to be redone. I just wiped it and put a new OS on there from one of their images. They have all the distros you could possibly want. And I wanted to try out CentOS Stream because I think it's actually going to be a pretty good server distro. But they also work with Kubernetes and Terraform if you want to do infrastructure by code. They have S3 compatible object storage, which is fantastic when you wrap your head around the use cases of storage in the cloud that doesn't have to have a server standing in front of it that you can make public or private. Oh man, it's a game changer. It's a game changer for just like config backups. It's a game changer for distributing files to clients. It's a game changer for static websites. It, it, that's definitely one of the best use cases is you can have a site up and going and available using Linode object storage with just a little HTML and CSS, and it's crazy snappy fast. <laughs> it's it's a great way to do like a resume or a list of something or build your own custom homepage. There's so many different ways to use Linode too because they have like $5 a month rigs. They've got custom CPU rigs that are super fast with AMD Epic processors. And of course, they have plans that'll just mix and match all of that as you need it. They have one-click application deployments. They have tons of great documentation, 11 data centers around the world. I mean, I, I could go on and on about the reasons why I love using Linode, not to mention they're an independent company that is dedicated to offering the best virtualized cloud computing. Essentially, if it runs on Linux, it's going to run on Linode. Go deploy for test or production and really try out all the different features with that $100 credit. You can really try it out. So go to linode.com slash coder. You go there. Lat lets them know, hey, I heard about it on Coder Radio. You go there just to say thanks for supporting the show and check out their services. That's a great way to keep the Coder Radio program going. So go to linode.com slash coder. Get that $100 60-day credit for your new account, and you support the show. linode.com slash coder. So did you have the opportunity to watch this Apple event today, the spring event, spring into spring or whatever it was? <laughs> I did watch parts of it. I, I did have to uh, uh, disappear for a bit, but I, I have to tell you that a purple iMac is uh, not something I would turn down. Although I, I question the screen size, but. Uh, all right, let's get to this. So I streamed it. I got here this morning early and, uh, Essentially, I've been essentially 
making content since 8.30 a.m. And it's 6 p.m. right now. So we did a little hangout and watched it. And I, I recorded that on Jupiter.tube. We'll have a link in the show notes. It starts about 24 minutes in if you'd like to watch it with our reactions. Super quick rundown for those of you who can't be bothered to watch it, don't really care, but would like to be informed for the sake of conversation. So the people with lives, yes. Uh, Apple finally launched AirTags, their Bluetooth locator for items. They also announced a purple version of the iPhone 12. Not a new iPhone, but just a new color. Oh, there's a purple iPhone? Hang on, I gotta go. It looks good, too. There's a paid service for podcasts. There is a new 4K Apple TV with a much-improved Siri remote, which is compatible with previous Apple TVs. And the big ticket, two big ticket items, really, but the first big ticket item is the redesigned iMac with an M1 chip and the new iPad Pro with an M1 chip. Uh, so let's just break some of this down. Uh, I have the least to say about the podcast subs because it's the least that I know about right now. I actually wanted to talk to you about that. That was the one that really got me. Well, let's do it. But no, if you have no comments on it, then you're good. I mean, I just have to look into it. So it, what, here's what I do know. It's that 15 to 30% uh, cut ratio. So for the first year, Apple takes 30%. Then it's 15% after that. They won't require creators to exclusively publish for Apple. But they want you to make some distinguishing features, and you do have to use their tools to publish the member-only item. Okay, so they're commoditizing their compliments again, right? You'll have to use their app, and they're going to have a new way to promote podcasts. All of that leaves me a little concerned, but it doesn't concern me nearly as much as Spotify does at this point. Really? So I thought you'd be hair on fire about this one. I don't love it, but it, it looks by all intents and purposes like if it was something the audience wanted, I would do. I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case with the JB audience, even though even though I'd say about 25% of our listeners are using Apple Podcasts. Well, no, I'd just say in general for like the podcasting market, like I thought this would be something that you would find just <sighs> bad. Well, I mean, Spotify, I mean, what they're doing, I mean, I've always found confusing. It's kind of weird, but this seems like Apple being like, it's better on an iPhone, right? I, I don't know. Yeah, that is true. It would limit it to iPhone users. If I were doing an Apple podcast, I could see it maybe. Spoiler alert, I guarantee ATP is going to do all of this. You think so? Yeah, why not throw shade at rich millionaires who got lucky because Yahoo is dumb and buys things they shouldn't. If your audience was really heavy, like if we had a 60% audience using Apple Podcasts, it might be worth considering um, I think there's a lot of overhead, though, if you want to be featured. There's a lot of there, like, you got to do the special kind of artwork and stuff like that. Yeah, but isn't that, like, part of being in the Apple ecosystem? Yeah, definitely. Like, really? Yep. It's the same for apps. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. This feels like the appification of podcasts. And soundboard that, Drew. You soundboard that because you're going to need it. Oh, my God. I will keep an eye out on that one in particular. And I'm so I'm sort of reserving judgment until further review. I think the thing that that I do like seeing initially is that they're not forcing the content to be exclusive to Apple. That seems encouraging because you could take that same content and make it available. How we make it available to current members. Again, it's IE six though. Yeah. If there are things that don't work, if you're not an Apple, then I don't know. I feel like we're always replaying the same songs here and maybe it's because we're old and sad and whatever. Well, this is what you get when they turn to a services company is a, is a gradual expansion of what they can monetize. I am the Apple fanboy on this network, which, geez, you guys could have done a lot better <laughs> in terms of like actual fanboys of Apple. But like they make beautiful hardware, which they deprecate mercilessly with the M1 chip after you spend 5,000. I'm sorry. I get, I get upset. <laughs> it's true, though. 
but they do make beautiful hardware. I honestly, I'm staring at my iMac Pro. I won't say with hatred, but let's just say the disappointment of a mother who is visiting her son in prison because he was convicted of rape. Oh, man. It's pathetic that my MacBook Air can run circles around this machine. But again, I mean, I forgot what I was talking about. I just want to smash this thing in the floor. In all fairness, your (laughs) MacBook Air doesn't have fans. (laughs) That's even better. The MacBook Air is like, oh, and and I sometimes forget to charge it for two or three days. And it's just like fine. Um, Okay, so... We probably don't have much to talk about the Apple TV 4K. Uh, they added the A12 CPU, so yeah, it's underpowered still for games. It's kind of disappointing. If anybody's playing games on Apple TV, they need psychiatric health. I want to talk to you about purple iMacs. Okay. I want one. So no no, uh, no, no qualms about the lack of M1X or anything, huh? It's purple. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I mean, this piece of here is space gray why would <laughs> by the way why would anything be space gray why don't just call it gray they didn't do any space gray because they're not none of these are quote-unquote professional machines they're saving the space gray for the professional machine no because they know it's a piece of garbage anything that's space gray in an imac yeah i'm talking to you zeons you suck they're still selling the uh, intel a couple of the intel imacs and one of them still has a spinning rust hard drive in it for the fusion drive i'm obviously joking the imac pro is a great machine i can probably use this for a year or two until i spill Something. Some liquid that's definitely not alcoholic into it. Right. Uh, My lawyer would be very pleased with that statement. (laughs) What I will say is the fact that they're selling $1,000 machines with spinning disks, I mean, that's just embarrassing. To be clear, it's not the M1 machines. It's the old uh, Intel machines. But yeah, I agree. I know. But like, come on. (laughs) Honestly, I think it's pretty pathetic that these new iMacs are coming with a base 8 gigs of RAM. And nowhere on their website does it say how much RAM these iMacs will take. So before the show, I called up an Apple sales engineer and got quotes for the show that they will offer an 8-core with 16 gigs of RAM, up to 16 gigs of RAM max. 16 gigs. 2 terabytes of storage, 16 gigs of RAM max. Wait, 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 wait. These new iMacs max out at 16? You got it. Same limitations that the Mini and the Air have and the Mac. Yep. Okay. So long time ago when long time ago and months ago, we were talking about the M1 limitations and one of them was the RAM limitation of 16, right? Yep. Do we really think they're struggling? I mean, I feel like that's a limitation they could have overcome. Why? But I don't want to six. iMac Pro, I'm sorry. You have 32 gigs of RAM, like a true computer. I was checking on one of my systems today and I looked and I was using 20, 22, 24 gigs of my 32 gigs of RAM. I was oh. Oh, no, I, I have a spreadsheet that, so, by the way, if you work at Microsoft and you're an Excel programmer on the Mac team, you need to think about what you've done to my computer. <laughs> you sit down, pour yourself a drink, and just say, is this, what? I don't know why running my payroll tax calculations, like, maxes out my CPUs. <laughs> yeah. I don't have that many people anymore. <laughs> I'm a starving artist. I'm like Da Vinci. Except I'm not, you know, old. What do you got a vape pen there? I think you're nuts. <laughs> Chris, go fork yourself. Yeah. All right. So listen, 16 gigs is a, it's it's just not enough. And but here's the other thing. I know it's silly to say it, but because they didn't make a space gray one, this is how Apple works. That means this isn't for the professionals. They're going to replace the 27 inch probably a WWDC or in September. You know what this is for? I'll be a jerk. 
this is for the digital agency where we're hip and we're branding. And you buy the one that matches the colors of your branding for the receptionist. Or it's the family computer. You know, there's some families that still have one computer that they all share. That It could be that. Yeah, my son has a Thaleo, just saying, but keep going. Did you notice how heavy they went on advertising features like continuity and handoff that have been around for years? I mean, I often sell things I built years ago as new features when I needed money. I think Apple has clearly identified iPhone users that have Windows machines as the target for these iMacs. That is 100% who these iMacs are for. And when you go on the iMac product page today, the bottom half, the whole, you know, the rest of the half of the page is really about handoff features and stuff that's been in Mac OS and, and iOS for many, many years. What do you think of a new keyboard? I like that they put the uh, fingerprint reader in there. I, it better be comfortable to type on. If, they may, if they've made a, a, another Lemon keyboard, that's just going to be an unforgivable. Well, I think it's going to be the Magic Keyboard, right? It's got to be a facelift. Have you ever done any purchases on the computer with uh, Apple Pay? I've done many, many, many um, inebriated purchases with Apple Pay. It's a way, way quicker system. I like it a lot. I'll sometimes, if I'm in the middle of buying something and I'm on a Mac, which, when did this just recently happen, this scenario? Oh, oh yeah, I, I decided I'd subscribe to Ben Thompson's Dither podcast. And I stopped what I was doing and I went over to the Mac and opened up and opened up Safari, and did the transaction in Safari just so that way I could use Apple Pay because it's so much quicker. It's so convenient. It's stupid because it takes care of like all the shipping info, all the name. You don't have to fill out all the damn fields and all the payment information. It just does all of it for you. It's really slick. And so having that stuff built in, having the user switching based on your fingerprint is a slick feature, and again makes it great for the family machine too. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I'm not buying one. Old man, my cast laws, but I thought to myself, if Apple does something with the Mac in this episode, that's like not the that's an iMac, I might end up getting one because I have been thinking about just setting up a workstation here at the studio, and that would be perfect. But I'm not going to do a machine that can only do 16 gigs of RAM. So, because this is an Apple show today, right? Am I the only one who likes the uh, new uh, AirPods Max? Do you have a pair? No, I'm using whatever weird German headphones you gave me, but... If I had the money to burn, I'd certainly try them. I used to have money. Oh, wait, this is going in a bad direction. One of the things that I have found as uh, a dad who has uh, some ADD that sometimes, sometimes, you know, it's like ADD gets this, this fun, cute rap, but one of the negative sides of people who actually have something, uh, some sort of attention deficit disorder is it also means sometimes you lose governance over your own thoughts. You lose governance over what's on your mind and what you're paying attention to. And when you have a noisy household, it sometimes robs you of your ability to even think of a, of a notion or a concept for a few minutes. And it gets frustrating and it gets, it gets mentally tiring as your brain is constantly trying to grasp onto something. And it, it creates a frustration and a grumpiness and it creates a, a, a tiredness. And what I have found... Is that and this is really pronounced for me because I have three kids and I, like an animal, have chosen to live in a very tiny space, and so sound isolating headphones have been a game changer for me, where I can put something on and even if I can just bring the volume down eighty percent, it's like regaining a little bit of my sanity. If, if I, I'm still waiting for like reviews and I've heard they have good sound isolation, but I can't really get a feel for how they do with like human voice and and people noise. But 
it is just outside my price range for something like that because I, I have I have ones that work well enough now. But if they were superior in that regard, I'd be pretty tempted. So I'm in this weird place where I live. Look, my main problem in life is that Zoom is hell and should be outlawed by the Geneva Convention. Mm. I'm sorry, I just had a flashback. What was I saying? You're thinking you could use this as like a reliable set of Zoom headphones that aren't gamer edition. Right. That are always paired to my Mac and I could just pick them up and be like, okay, what is your complaint? Right. But don't you think the, the little ear AirPod ones would probably be better for that job? Well, that's the problem. The AirPods have actually, like I have the old, old, old AirPods, the original versions. Yeah. And you know what? They're overpriced. The sound quality is not great. Yeah. But you know what? God damn it. They've been doing the job for years. Yeah, I have definitely had the problem where I've run them down when I've had a lot of meetings in one day. And then I'm doing this game where like I'm popping one in the case for a little bit and I'm like swapping them back and forth. Yeah, I've had yeah, I've had that after a while. To me, they're like Adium. You know, they've got some troubles, <laughs> but, you know, we should apologize to the Coder Radio kids. There is a decade plus of backstory here on just everything we're talking about. That's true. Also. Is it me or the new IMAX look like Next products? There's a surprising lack of branding on the front, too. When I saw them, they looked like those. No, but the design. They look like those computers you see on TV where they tape over the logo and it's just generic computer. You know, it's like a Mac under there, but they've taped over the Apple logo. <laughs> you know, that's what they look like. And they really don't have much less chin than your iMac Pro does today. No, it looks very. I'm sorry, but it looks very. 90s Apple slash next. Like. I think what's going to sell some of these, though, for some people is I think these are fanless. I'm not positive. They might not be. There might be a small fan in there, but I bet you they're very quiet. Well, no, if, if I ran a company, let's call it um, Blue Ocean or let's say Green green Grass or Pink. Uh, oh, never mind. The, <laughs> just move on. Silver Silver Surfer. <laughs> yellow. Silver yellow Fox. Tent. Come on. I know you. That's what you got to call it. Let me tell you something. If you want to have a special about cougars, I'm ready and able. And uh, I'm, you're going to get a little gray, you know, in there. You're going to all of a sudden you're just starting to look all dignified. And no, 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 you don't understand. Man. I, I listen. I'm in my 30s, and I have been undercover doing this operation for you. Yeah, and I can report back. This might be an unfiltered episode, though. Yeah, are you sharing like some breaking news with us? This is CNN breaking news. Yes, Coda Radio listeners, and I do apologize to the angry dads and moms who email us. Mike does love women 10 years older than him, so at least. If you are not 44... <laughs> for this is this is the episode where we really learn that Mike definitely has a thing for President, President Rosalind, for sure. <laughs> I, I can't explain... You know what, Jar Jar, Jar Jar, my man, you're great. You sort of suck because you're incompetent. P- Madam President. I love you. You better brace yourself for some heartbreak, my friend. I just saying, you got some you got some VSG to watch. I'm only halfway through. Why? No. Yeah, yeah, She's got to win. Oh, yeah, I know yeah. Baltar's like, oh, I'm going to be president because I'm Baltar and I'm an asshole. <laughs> he is such a jerk. Uh, I just want to choke that guy. Like, I just, and I don't want to do it like quickly. I just want to watch him suffer. I, we should move on. So what are the odds on you buying one of these uh, IMAX? Zero. Zero? Zero. I run VMs all day, every day. But you're you're making it work with the i with that their um, um, air, which has double the memory of one of these IMAX. Your Pro does? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, that's where you're doing it. I see. No, not my Pro. My uh, my uh, my even my Air has 16. Yeah, well, you can get these with 16 these IMAX, but that's it. No more than 16. That's it. I don't know why would I buy it. I mean, you know what? I, as much as I dunk on the iMac Pro, it's the undersecretary of almost okay. I don't know, like. <laughs> 
it's a good machine. It's better than yeah. It's just loud and kind of hot. You and that iMac have been through the war and back, and you know it's had your back many times. But if you're honest with yourself, it's just not quite been the same since it had a spider in its screen and it had to be taken out to get cleaned. It's never quite been the same, but that's all right. You still love it. I just want to say the iMac has never left me. <laughs> I just want to loyal to the end. So. Datadog.com slash Coder Radio. This is a tool that's going to solve some problems and help you visualize and communicate with your team. Analyze code-level performance across your environment and troubleshoot issues faster with Datadog. Datadog has this thing called the Continuous Profiler, and it automatically collects profiles from your production servers all the time. And then you can go back and analyze your data quickly with minimal overhead and get a unified picture of your environment by correlating code performance metrics with other monitoring data in real time in their dashboards. And their dashboards are gorgeous. You got to go check that out. Just go to datadog.com slash coder radio for that. But what they do is they bring it all together with integrations you can plug into other applications and APIs. Of course, they got tracing across the entire application stack, log management, that continuous profiler I mentioned, and it brings it all together in one platform. One platform. One place. Datadog enables you to pinpoint the root cause of issues faster than ever. So go try Datadog out for free for 14 days by visiting datadog.com slash radio. Here's the deal. It's been a while since there's been events with Swag. So for a limited time, if you start a trial and create one dashboard, you'll get a free Datadog t-shirt, but you gotta go to datadog.com slash radio. That's datadog.com slash radio. You know what surprised me the most from the event was the iPad Pro. I love the way Apple leaned into this. I don't know if you saw this, but this was the best part of the event when Mission Impossible style, they have a burglar come in, you know, they go down a duct, they're down on a wire past lasers, he breaks in, he steals the M1 CPU, and then he busts into another room and he puts it in the iPad, he closes the case, and then the camera pans around and the burglar pulls off the mask and it's Tim Cook, and then they say, we've added an M1 to the iPad. And they just went all in on just putting the best chip they've got in the iPad now. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't give a crap. Unless they're going to change the App Store guidelines, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't, you know? So they got eight-core CPU in there. They're saying it's 50% improvements over just the last one. In They put Thunderbolt in this thing, which is brilliant. It has proper external display. But you're not allowed to use it. It has all this nice stuff. Faster storage, two terabytes, blah, 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 blah. And I'm sitting here going... Okay, great, but give me the OS and the applications that can take advantage of any of this. Or just stop reviewing apps for functionality and allow any non-malware app in. And then this very powerful, by the way, it was powerful two years ago when Lana Del Rey, oh, by the way, Lana Del Rey, lovely, uh, did her little presentation, right? The problem has not been the hardware. The problem is their insane policies, why they want to gimp the iPad. I mean, I think it's worse than that, though, because I think the OS also is limited in a lot of ways, especially on the iPad. There are sneaky, hacky, um, old-school Mac OS and next-step things in iPad OS. So, spoiler alert, it's all basically next-step OS with lipstick on it. That's why we love it. I say that in air quotes. Right, but Apple won't let you put that in the App Store. I feel like what we might be in the middle of is part two of this story. I mean, why do you bother even putting 16 gig? Mike, Mike, 
six this thing can get up to 16 gigs of ram in an ipad mic if you spec it a 12.9 inch ipad all the way out with 5g and 16 gigs of ram and two terabytes of storage it, and i am definitely not doing that right now but yeah keep going twenty four hundred dollars that's how much an ipad would cost spec'd out that's just like one week of running a meth lab it actually is more expensive than the highest tier m1 macbook pro and the macbook air with all the available upgrades it's more expensive than that all right fair boy then let me ask you let me let's turn this around on you why don't they just let the iPad loose? Just say, you know what? iPad apps, and you could separate them from iPhone apps, are in fact full computer applications. And Right, because it's iPad OS. It's a different OS too. It's really not. but I know, I know, but I'm playing, you know, I'm playing along. But like should just have like, you know what? If you're dumb enough to download something stupid, then... Right. Right. Well, and like I said, I think it was just last week. It's like, just turn on that gatekeeper crap that they have on the Mac and do notarization and problem solved on the iPad. I don't think we're going to get that. I think that's ridiculous. It's never going to happen. But this is so clearly part one of a two-part story for the iPad. Okay, what's part two? Part two is WWDC and iOS 15 on the iPad. No, but what what is part two? Like in your, okay. So the, the problem I have been kvetching about, Mazel Tov, is not the hardware or even the APIs, but Apple's insane policies for the iPad. It's got to be both. It's got to be a change of policies, a change in app store. A change of policy? Yep. Yep. And or no, no, I'm sorry. An update in policies, an update. Dude, you're high. Like, come on. No, no, no way. They're, they're not going to let developers, like what they need to do is let developers treat the iPad as it were Windows. And you can write any application you want and sell it the way you want to. I don't know. I don't think it's going to go that far. I think there'll be some concession in regards to apps. It'll be something dumb like inter-app operability. Yes. And then we're going to find out a year later that other developers who are big names have had that before. Just like the 15% thing where it turns out Netflix and Amazon had that for two years. I think that's exactly, that's that's the line I'm thinking combined with maybe windowing in iPadOS or something like that to, to change how you can manage multiple applications because I'm going to push back on windowing. I think the iPad is the perfect device for pop OS slash magnet on Mac OS tiling. Yeah. Tiling. Yeah, absolutely. Or they could even come up and I think they've prototyped a tabbing type where you basically have tabs and you know, that's maybe up on the corner or a pull down tab screen and you can tab between your apps. And I don't know what they would do there, but something where you could move information between screens easier, uh, stuff like that. It just seems like they have to now that they've added a keyboard, a mouse, 16 gigs of RAM, two terabytes of storage, and this crazy-ass Pro XDR-type display they have on the iPad Pro. None of it really makes sense unless the iPad can do more. There's no reason to spend $2,400 on this machine unless it can do more. Let me just undercut my whole argument. I'm going to buy one of these. I'm going to try to build the app I've been dreaming about for two decades. (laughs) And uh, when it gets rejected, my God, we're going to have some content, Chris. Developer Steve Trotton-Smith on Twitter says, putting M1 in the iPad without a software story to explain why it needs the extra hardware and features and power offered by M1 like Thunderbolt really feels like foreshadowing, implying foreshadowing for WWDC. You know what? I got to tell you, I'm all in an iPad. I Okay, old Coda Radio listeners, you know I believe in tablet computing. Yep. I lost a lot of money. Well, you went with the Windows Metro. Who? Me? Windows 8, man. Yeah, you. You did. You got all in on the Microsoft hype, brah. 
See, they went they went around the same route, but Apple is doing it in a they start with the basic tablet and they've built up a pencil and now they've added a keyboard and now they've Can I just say that like the Microsoft problem was the hardware was crap and it didn't last long enough. And the Apple problem is the hardware is amazing. Yeah. Right. Like and they're just like jerks about how you could monetize your business. Yeah, and the OS is limited too. You know, it's a double whammy for sure. Yeah, the APIs are tight. I mean, I personally think if you know enough about Objective C, and if you don't, you deserve to be lined up and shot. But that's where was I going with this? Oh, just a classic story there. Um, <laughs> I wonder. So here's my thought, Mike. iPad gay bars. Yes. <laughs> no. No, that's not where I was going. But you know, you never know. What are you high? But what I was, if this thing has Thunderbolt. And now they're claiming to add proper external monitor support. Go for it. I want to hear it. I love where you're going. Go, go, go. Could you get a stand and take a Thunderbolt dock with, say, a wired keyboard, an audio interface, an Ethernet port, and display port with a monitor hooked up to it, and plug that in, doing power pass-through, plug that into the iPad, and get a full monitor, keyboard, mouse? I think if you can't, it's retarded to have Thunderbolt. Yeah. Yeah, it has, Thunderbolt has to be doing more than just storage. Yeah. That has to work. I mean, come on. No one on an iPad, no one needs that much data transfer. I'm sorry. But yeah, what are you going to do? Especially because of how locked down the file transfer API is on iOS, which, by the way, I was going to run a fantastic Blu-ray backup program to the iPad uh, backup. Oh, that would be sweet. But you can't do it because they don't allow that. If I did not have an iPad Pro today, I'd be picking up the 12.9-inch iPad. I would not be specking it out like crazy, but... I, I'm definitely not on the checkout screen. <laughs> Let me tell you what I'm not doing. Okay, what are you not... What are you going to not do, yeah? I'm not going to personalize this one and say, Chris's hair is fantastic. That I'm just... Not going to... Definitely not doing that, right? Okay. I didn't just upgrade it to 250 Sure. Sure. Twelve hundred dollars. Hang on. Whoa, twelve hundred dollars to go to two fifty six. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Are you looking? Is that the old one too, or is that the new one? New one. Oh my god. The base model is almost eleven hundred ten ninety nine. That's a lot. That's a lot. It's just so much. It's more than a computer, so it really has to be doing more. And this doesn't even have an LTE chip. Ugh. I know, and the LTE is very, very useful. I have found that. To be very true. And they charge a lot of money for that. I don't know about that. If I didn't have a perfectly functional iPad uh, that is perfectly fast, I, I might be tempted, but it's just the costs are just outrageous. My kid dropped mine and broke it, so I'm in the market. But damn, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. So do you think we're going to get an iP- a, a more pro line of iMac, like a 27-inch iMac at WWDC with an MX1? Yeah, I think we are because, you know what? Because they made it. 24 inches and i think they're going to start using size screen size as a demarcation line and ram i'm thinking that too ram anything that does more than 16 gig is more engineered at uh, professionals it'll probably be space gray you know boring colors for professionals as they like to do i also just as a total aside because i can't help myself I also wonder, because the iPad Pro has the M1, and these new iMacs have the M1, if Hector Martin and his team over at Ashi Linux are successful on getting Linux working on the M1, it should be functional on all of the machines that Apple announced today, which is pretty cool. They're getting the initial boot support merged in kernel 5.13, which is the next kernel after the one that comes out this weekend. 
and including a brand new bootloader to help manage kind of Apple's unique boot environment. And that's all getting merged into kernel 5.13. 5.12 comes out this weekend, so it's really not that far away. And then once they get that working, it's just dri- driver's development. But I forget her name, but the software developer who is working on GPU support for Linux has already got like the full OpenGL-style cube spinning on Linux on the M1 GPU. They've got they've got basic 3D instructions working already. So they're making really good progress. And it appears that the M1 hardware loads some of the firmware blobs necessary to initialize that hardware outside and independent of the OS. So some of that stuff just comes up when the machine comes up and they don't have to fool with it at all in Linux, which is saving them some time. And now it's just figuring out the driver fundamentals. But, you know, the fact that they're drawing a cube and can spin it on the M1s, that's a big step. They can do it. Yeah, that's a big step. If that happens, if they get to the point where they say you can get the desktop running and you can use a web browser or something like that, I will buy whatever M1 is on the market at the time, even if it's not an M1X. That's that'll be the moment. Um, um, Drew, just you know, you know what to do on the market if it runs Linux. Until then, they're going to have to do something more impressive to get me to switch. Not that I don't think the M1 has plenty of performance, but if I'm going to go to that kind of, if I'm going to make that kind of transition. It's got to be something that will last me years because of the prices of these machines. So we shall see. Uh, I, I think it's going to be maybe WWDC, maybe September. My last thoughts are, um, like always, Apple is a step above everyone else in video production quality. The pacing felt a little different for this event, but they got it. They nailed it right on the hour mark. Right as my recorder was hitting an hour, they were wrapping it up, and they really outdid themselves once again with all of the transitions. And I like this new thing that's happening on YouTube where there are a couple of creators who have just taken all of the transitions and put that in a video. I'll have one of those linked in the show notes. And even if you don't watch the rest of the event, it's it's worth watching the transitions because they do a hell of a video production on these. And so we'll have that linked in the show notes. Uh, and then our commentary of the live event itself with the whole thing with minimal commentary, that'll be linked in the show notes, and it starts about 24 minutes in. They really, they really do a fantastic job, though. So if you, if you are even somewhat curious and want something you could watch for an hour, it's worth checking out because they do a hell of a job, and you know you get a little more information in there. So we survive. Uh, we survived an event without either one of us going broke, and uh, overall, I think probably pretty good stuff. The theme that I keep coming away with here is that. Apple has a real hit on their hands with this M1 stuff, so much so that they just went full in on calling it that in the iPad too. And I have seen a lot of interest from general people out there in the world following this stuff that just like tech in a way that I haven't seen for a while. And it still plays into my fear that it's going to be appealing to a lot of techies. Some long-term friends I know, Mike, one of them, I guess, was the developer of a desktop environment that people in the audience would know of has just walked away from burnout and bought himself a MacBook Air. Well, of course, because he deserves to have a life and be happy. That's that's what happens to Linux developers. It's anecdotal, but I keep hearing stories from people. No, I don't think it is. I, I, I think, you know what? I'm sorry. You can't develop a Linux desktop environment and be happy. You just can't. It's a challenge for sure. <laughs> I, I like how you were like, oh, I can't say yes to that. But I heard from somebody after, I mean, I heard from a few people that are like, you guys are way off, but I heard from a, people that are actually creating apps and or a desktop environment. And I heard basically, yeah, you're spot on and it's really burning me out. I heard 
from one individual who I won't share their name said that there are just glaring technical issues in the Linux desktop that we're not addressing and people that are not acknowledging it are not helping. They're harming the desktop. Well, first of all, and forgive me, Master Chris, this is Coda Radio, not Linux Radio, right? I don't give a crap about Linux. I mean, I, I like Linux. I'm very friendly with the System76 people. Competition makes everyone better. And I'm just, I'll put my cards on the table. I think right now Apple is winning because this M1 chip is an ace, right? This is, it's the ace of Trump. It takes every trick. And that is a card playing term, not what you idiots think it is. But that doesn't mean that like Dell or System76 or what's that stupid Linux vendor you like? Uh, Wow, they'll never advertise on this show. Purism? You're thinking of purism? Purism, yeah, that's the one I think is incompetent. Yeah. Um, because you guys are morons and you believe in FOSS, which is a waste of time. Wow. Is this BSD radio? Because it feels a lot like it. Dropping bombs, dropping bombs. Pow, pow. Resoftware is a waste of time. It should all be BSD. Woo. There. Ooh la la. We're done. Free BSD. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, good night, everybody. Yes. No, I... I, I I think they have done a tremendous job. I think they are being very competitive. And if we're being honest, they've brought the fight. I've thought about this too recently. You know, isn't GNOME 40's adoption of a horizontal workspace layout kind of an acknowledgement that Apple was right when they implemented a horizontal workspace layout? Shh, do not tell. Do, do. No, you can't say that to them. That's uncomfortable. <sighs> okay. Okay. Why are you trying to trigger the neckbeards? No, no, no. I'm just trying to point out. I'm just trying to point out that. There is room for improvement, but I think I completely, totally respect and appreciate the position of people who wrote in and said, I don't care, man. I just, you know, I want my Honda Accord. I want to get in my Honda Accord. I want it to drive me to work so I can get my job done and I want to drive me home and I don't want to spend a bunch. That's right, because Fonda rolls a Honda and she's got back. I agree. (laughs) You know it, boy. You know it. Mr. Dominic, do you have anything you want to plug this week? I guess if somebody's making more than $75,000 a year on making a Linux desktop application, let us know there might be a Thaleo in it for you. Is the bet still on or is it over now? I mean, I'm willing to keep that bet forever because I know <laughs> I'm never going to lose. But what do I win? Hang on. What do you win? At some point, I have to win something. So is it maybe? Oh, okay. Okay, what? I, I have something here. Okay, what? If the robes actually ship, which I know they will, you're amazing. I'm thinking smoking jackets. Coder Radio only smoking jackets. Oh, that'd be good. That'd be good. And I will do the operations on it this time, and I will take all the pain. Man, I thought you were going to say something about Seuss. I seriously thought you were going to be like, you have to run Seuss for a week or... No, no Seuss. No Seuss. And by the way, it's Seussa. Please stop saying Seuss. They keep emailing and texting me, and I just... I I have to have a life. (sighs) I'm sorry. That's right. Seussa. But Coda Radio smoking jackets, if the ropes ship, and if a hundred people tweet <laughs> us, seriously, and say, we want smoking jackets, and then if we can pull that off. After the robe thing, you're going to try to make smoking jackets a thing. Oh, man. Yeah, but you're, you're not going to love the way I make these smoking jackets, but we're going to do it. Smoking jackets. Oh, it sounds like you're going to use some sort of forced labor. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not denying it, so it's probably true. All right. Well, very good. Uh, also, thank you to our members, Coder QA team out there making this show possible. You get the limited ad feed as a thank you. Oh, and the quarterly's done, so it'll be posted later this week. 
So if you want to get the Coderly, it'll be in the downloads area or it will be in your members feed. And if you are not yet a member and you would act like access to our Coderly report, you get it at coderqa.co. You can find Mike on Twitter. He's at Dumanuku. His company is at the Mad Botter Inc. I am at Chris L-A-S. And the whole dang network. Well, they are at Jupiter Signal over there with all them productions and shows and whatnot. And this and me said Jojo Biggs. <laughs> this particular show is at Coder Radio Show. Links to what we talked about today is at coder.show slash 410. Over there, you're going to find our contact form. That's a big part of the show. So do let us know your thoughts, as well as our RSS feed and subscribe links. All of that will be over there. Oh, that's our special event coverage. It's all over now. It's all done. Cleared the tubes. Take a deep breath and we move forward. So join us for the next regularly scheduled Coder Radio Happy Hour at Monday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern at jblive.tv. Thanks so much for joining us on this week's episode of the Coder Radio program. We'll see you right back here next week. <laughs>